da 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 You sound insane. Do you realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. This, unfortunately, for the last time, guys, I have to break the news to you. The last time we will ever be talking about a new... Fifty Shades of Grey? Oh, about the Fifty Shades of Grey sequel. Because I guess no. Fifty Shades Darker didn't do as well as they had anticipated. I can't... I'm shocked. I can't believe... <laughs> no. Um, last Wolverine movie. Last new Wolverine movie we'll ever be discussing at length on the show. Pour one out for Old Man Logan. Well, they're making more. We're just refusing to acknowledge it. <laughs> Honestly, they'd kind of be dumb to not make more at this point, right? With like what this movie kind of represented for the character and for the uh, X-Men franchise at this point. It really did kind of need this, but uh, Deadpool has something to say about that, I'm sure, which we'll talk about later, but talking mm-hmm. Logan tonight, and this one has been anticipated for a while. We kind of known it, or we kind of uh, discussed it as the Wolverine 2, because mm-hmm. it was the second kind of reboot, James Mangold's reboot of Wolverine, mm-hmm. and uh title ended up being Logan, and we could talk about why that is as well, but uh, man, sad times, and leaving the theater, I was just kind of sad that we would never see an official Wolverine movie ever again. This is, uh, Jackman's made it pretty known that he's hanging, hanging up the claws at this point, mm. it's been, it's been a good ride, but I've loved this ride you know, for different reasons along the way, and I've hated the ride for different reasons <laughs> along the way. It's been a, it's been, <laughs> it's been a Mercedes C Class and a uh, Miata. The uh, <laughs> the other times a Miata with you a watch bra, your mouth. Yeah, <laughs> you watch your. Don't mouth. worry, the the Miata has a luggage rack, so if you do have <laughs> luggage, <laughs> yeah, that Miata's rocking some sweet yacht rock too. So that's, yeah, that's good. That's if good. it's got a blau punk, it's cool. Yeah, you can dress it up punk. with a blau punk. You owe me a blau punk <laughs> and a cool ra- rabbit's foot uh, keychain. <laughs> yes, always. Well, anyway, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough times. I had a sour taste in my mouth last time we talked to X Men on the show. And those feelings yeah. were, were brought to the surface in our best and worst of the year episode a couple weeks was ago. Was that last year or was that 2015? It was, it was last, last year. year, the Apocalypse oh. movie. Wow. And, yeah. uh, Seems so dated. <laughs> <laughs> but it's making the rounds on HBO right now if, you're, uh, oh, good. if you want to revisit. <laughs> good. Thank well, thank, thank goodness. <laughs> I don't think Richard was on our Brian episode everything. when yeah. we talked about the Wolverine. I, I think you're right. Yeah. I've never done a Wolverine. Have we, did we do both or just one? I remember I was in Montana for one. Yeah. Just, just the one. Cause the okay. origins came out free. Uh, okay. Free podcast. Cool. Feels like yeah. just yesterday when that one came PP. out. I'll be honest. <laughs> that was, that was two years PP. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I missed, I missed Wolverine and uh, I did see it though, but I saw it. I think last year sometime, like it took me a while to get to it. I wasn't in a huge rush. I think they were mm-hmm. replaying it on one of the cable networks last year. Yeah, so I remember what, watching what it at, in a hotel room or something at some point last Same. year. And Same. uh had had a couple more thoughts about it af- after that. Uh, we did do an episode on that movie. The yeah, you guys are the only ones. I don't watch movies outside of what we do sh- episodes on unless I'm in a hotel room. 
that is that is my entire movie. You know, it's like in the theaters or hotel room. It's just mm-hmm. uh, there's only so much time. But uh, yeah, that was definitely a hotel. What room kinds room of movies, Richard? <laughs> All of them. All of them. <laughs> well, not I'm, genre specific. Maybe yeah. maybe rated R movies like this one was. Yeah. No, no, not without my parents. Not, not without your parents' permission. Yeah. <laughs> We, Which is um, hard now. Hard for me to rally that up. It's, it's tougher. Every t- nope, never mind. Been. Laying off. Yeah. And um, so I guess this movie kind of proves, at least box office wise, well, we could start talking box office. We do have some movie news rumors, rumblings to go over shortly here. Mm-hmm. But I, I think this movie kind of proves box office wise, Logan did, that uh, the, the R rated movie, R rated superhero movie is kind of, it's a proven success at this point is it's is a thing that needs to be done more i guess at this point at least um with good directors at the helm or with a good concept at the helm i don't think making batman v superman rated r would have made any difference whatsoever <laughs> right they had yeah. that freedom to, to, to say <laughs> yeah. and do whatever they want and it probably would have been like exponentially worse than batman v superman was if that's even oh, logistically possible this jar had blood yeah <laughs> this jar had a kidney stone in it and it was <laughs> <laughs> but it's real though. I mean, it's realistic. So <laughs> you drink that much Monster Energy drinks, you're you're gonna have blood in your piss. So. <laughs> wow, uh, we're not we're not making that up. There, that's actually a part of Batman v Superman. If you have not seen it, you think we're just horrible people talking about jars of gosh. Uh, this uh, yeah. this last week, friend of the show Jason uh, watched Batman v Superman on HBO, and he was he was kind of texting me every few minutes and there are so because i haven't seen it since the theater and i i doubt i'll ever revisit it again uh lord willing uh but but there were so many things that i was like gosh i forgot about that 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 alone would make that such a terrible movie and then 10 minutes later is like oh my gosh i forgot about that that alone would make it such a terrible movie so let's let's good what you want you you want to just point out things that are even worse the second time around you know it's supposed to be easier after the initial shock and horror of the thing. But uh, every time you revisit it, it just opens new wounds, and it's not wounds that I ever want salted ever again. Like when um, they kept doing those investigations of the Holocaust afterwards, they just kept uncovering the Holocaust. Just, exactly. Yeah, just like, it, it was way worse than anyone ever thought it was. And we don't need uh, those reminders on a daily basis. But on a lighter note, I guess some somewhat lighter note, Logan is... Uh, as as visceral as they come, I guess rated R speaking, um, and superhero movie speaking, I guess Deadpool again has something to say about that. But um, I guess box office wise, this reminds me a lot of Deadpool. It came out in mm-hmm. kind of early spring, late winter, and made a name for itself. And it was honestly, for me at least, it was hard to get a ticket this past weekend uh, to to see it. It was sold out just about everywhere. And it's good to see that. I, I think it's um, overall gross at this point is 189 million already. <laughs> so it's um, crazy. Okay, so going to be talk fine. about this. So I want to I want to give a warning. I don't want to give away what we thought of the movie yet, but I, I will say, kind of in general terms, uh, attention studio heads, because this this happens every time we have uh, successful superhero movies that make a lot of money. Um, it wasn't successful because it was rated R. Yes, I know. And violent. It was successful because it was good. Right. If you just make a good movie, people will go see it. If it's a property people like, it doesn't matter 
if you made an awesome G-rated Wolverine movie where he sang in it, I mean, it is Hugh Jackman, it would probably also make $189 million if it was really good. I'll green so like that right now. Let's can go we just me. Yeah. <laughs> These claws! But, um, <laughs> Two sides! <laughs> but, uh, so just, just we get a lot of studio heads that listen to this show, and, and I just don't want you guys to be confused and green light some sort of really dumb script from, I don't know. Gotham City Dash. Sirens? Yeah. For example. <laughs> oh, too yeah. late. Dang it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And make some R-rated stupid superhero movie. And that goes for all of you, not just not just UDC. But, I mean, I'm looking at you while I'll give you this talk. <laughs> Logan's one of the few characters, too. And I, I guess we're kind of in the Logan review right now, but we are going to talk a movie news uh, item here in a second. Uh, Logan's kind of one of those characters that you can make rated R and it doesn't seem weird, yes. you know? There's it, a lot of darkness it, to yes. the character. There's a lot of violence to the character. We've come to know the character for 15 right. years or more. So it's not, uh, we feel like we we kind of know his transgressions and his aggression. Yeah. And so that helps. But I don't think you could make a Iron Man movie rated R and that would work. Uh, I don't, don't think he has that kind of... um. It's not that kind of character. It would only work for right. a certain character. And Deadpool is definitely one of them because of the humor aspect of the thing. And, mm-hmm. um, of course, the violence. Once you're, once you're rated R, just go ahead and have it as violent as you can. You know, there was... <laughs> this movie could have been rated R for language alone. You know, they took it. They took every liberty that they ever have wanted to with X-Men in this. And I'm willing to bet... In fact, I want the listener to write in or tweet us at MAM Podcast to tell us did you think this was rated R? Did you know it was rated R when you went in? Because I'm willing to bet that a good percentage of each screen probably thought it was a PG-13. I know they're probably carding or whatever for the young mm. adults, but um, I bet there's a lot of adults out there that just thought this was another Wolverine movie coming out. Yeah, I love the last ones. You know, I love Hugh Jackman. I'm going to go see this. And then within the yeah. first seven minutes or actually first two and a half minutes, they're like, okay, this is not like any... <laughs> Right thing I've seen before, and I don't know what what I'm yeah. in for. So that might have our, helped, it helped the uh, weekend gross. Sure, some people just I, probably didn't know or care if it was rated R. Right, I know our friend Shane had several kids in his showing, which is always a frustrating experience. I went today, kind of in the middle of the day, and and there weren't very many people, so that that helped. But there's nothing worse than walking into a super R rated. Like there is a probably I don't know seven year old sitting next to me in Deadpool, and that was super awkward and uncomfortable, and. Because he took the same spot. Thing. Yeah, I was like, dude, come on. My two-year-old's really trying to get into Deadpool. Uh, just really harsh our buzz. But no, because it's like, because people see, oh, it's a superhero movie and we're just going to go. And I, I know I had conversations with people after Deadpool where people were like, I just can't believe that it was it was that bad. I wish they would have let us know. And I was like, you mean you mean like the R rating? Because that is what it is rated. And that is what the rating system is for, as flawed as it may be. And they were like, well, it's still a superhero. No. No, it's not. It's a different thing. You yeah, so is Watchmen. That's definitely yeah. uh, Gosh, the other no. kind of R-rated superhero movie right. that takes right. liberties it definitely shouldn't have taken. And yeah, yeah well, that, a lot not of people enough, were misled. Not by enough, that Bob Dylan. Not, really, not nearly <laughs> enough. Uh, Leonard Cohen in the movie. But it it's good. Um, Logan is a character that we can kind of get behind, and, and that's good. But like I said, um, most people were all in from the get-go. And I agree with you, Brian. There were multiple, multiple, I'm going to say, infant children in my theater. Ugh, and, it's the worst. I mean, these kids couldn't even sit up 
I mean, they could sit up, but they were <laughs> they 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 couldn't walk. You know what I mean? And um, so they were oh, sub one year olds, sub one year olds, and two yeah. parents coming in. Like we really want to see Logan, so we don't care if we yeah. have an infant. And the infant didn't even make it through the first scene without just of course being into crying. Yeah. And so they left within five minutes. They didn't even try. Oh, Thankfully, yeah. I would I would have yeah. had to go get management if if you try and you have your kid and it's crying and. You're trying yeah. to, to pacify the thing, and you're taking it in and out. Just give up. Just go, go freaking red box it. I'm serious. Don't wait. Don't ruin, especially a premiere movie like Logan on the first weekend or the first day. This is week five of, or if you go see La La Land now, if you haven't seen La La Land by now, that's fine. You deserve to have a crying <laughs> kid in your theater, right? <laughs> but at least have the respect of the premiere weekend not to go with your kid. Get a babysitter. Yeah. Do that whole thing. Uh, somebody would be a genius. In fact, Richard. You're in the tech industry or where we need to get this started. An Uber service for babysitters. Boom. Yeah, they have it. They, they do. Them, but it, people are a little uh, more sketched have, out. Yeah, a little more sketched out by, by that. Yeah. There's uh, there's like care.com and those. But the uh, there, people are a little less background check heavy on their on their rides to the bar. Than they are three hours <laughs> But I did see these theaters. I can't find it. It was on my Facebook in the last couple of days. The dumbest thing I've ever seen. Of these theaters that Cine... What's that one theater company? It's like Cinebopolis or something else. But they are... They want to put playground theaters. Like kids yeah. can play while you watch. That is the worst idea yeah. of all time. Harkins. Harkins theaters. A lot of them have sort of a... A, like a, they have like a, a daycare, daycare thing, yeah. facility within the yeah within the theater. no, but this is in the theater, like walk. Oh like my, the room, no. the room oh you're watching. It. No, no, not in. That's a great idea. I think that's yeah. awesome. I would pay. Yeah, 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 that's cool. No, not like childcare out in the lobby. No, in <laughs> in the theater theater, like the oh whole right side of the wall. I'm trying to find the it's, picture. It's it's Cinepolis. I did see that today. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sending it to you guys right now. We'll tweet yeah. this out or something. But oh, it's, yeah, there it is. It's bad. It's a literal McDonald's play There's place a slide. in a theater. There's a slide going down the yeah. wall. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. This is idiocracy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't stand it when someone has, like, I get annoyed when it's like, really? You had to go Starburst, the individually wrapped candy. Yeah. You couldn't just go with <laughs> That annoys me. Yeah. Much less a kid going down a series of slides. Yeah. There was a lady in my theater today for Logan who, uh, just like five, 10 minutes into the movie, you know, I just, she's not next to me. She's probably, I don't know, 10 seats away and it's a mostly empty theater, but so whatever. But I, you know, I start to get a whiff of something and then it starts to be loud and I look over and she had an entire, an entire dinner from Genghis Grill that she was unwrapping, <laughs> just pulling it out of her purse. Like, I, okay, well, all right, there we go. Just, I guess we're going to deal with this for the rest of this movie. That's, that's fun. Genghis Grill. Topic. What's the weirdest food that you've seen on a, in an uh, theater or airplane? Probably the Mongolian <laughs> Mongolian beef in a uh, <laughs> Mongolian <laughs> stir fry in a movie theater is pretty out there. I, I'd be surprised if you. It would have been cool if she'd brought the hot stone. Here's in here's, with a, her. here's one. Me and my friends. I don't know about if you've done this, Richard. We used to go get McDonald's uh, dollar menu like cheeseburgers. Sure. And uh, get like six or eight of those, and then just eat cheeseburgers. Yeah. Uh, sneak those in. Yeah. Just leave yeah. all the trash behind for the guy to find and be like, man, somebody was eating cheeseburgers up here. <laughs> yeah, you got to let them know. Super you, jealous. You, you got by them. Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't know. 
I don't know if the food itself is weird, but when I went to see, uh, I think it was Return of the, it was one of the Lord of the Rings movies. I think Return of the King. There was a, uh, there was a very large man sitting across the aisle from me who, uh, at that time, I think it was at like a Regal cinema and you could just do the butter yourself on your popcorn and sure. they had like cups that you could, People were just you know, drinking so you it and stuff. Dude. Okay. So for the first hour, maybe, I don't maybe six hours of that movie. Cause it is about nine and a half hours long, but, uh, I could just hear him like sucking the butter off of his fingers, which really was uh. disturbing. And then you know, he kind of finished his popcorn. I was like, okay, good. We're, we're done with that. All right, good to go. Then about 15 minutes later, I hear more noises and I look over and he literally was drinking a cup of butter. And I was just like, I'm done. I can't do this. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm out of this theater. I think I had already seen the movie and was there with my family or something. I was like, I'll just, I'm going to go play arcade games or something. I'll see you guys in the lobby. Like, I just can't do this. This is, this guy's going to die right here in front of us. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just do it. Let me ask favorite. you guys this, and this is uh, we talk theater etiquette often on the show, and we should probably make it a segment because we enjoy talking <laughs> about it. How about yeah. the uh, what, what snack bar setting do you prefer? I think Cinemark has the one where you go and it's like a buffet style, and you go in like you're at a ski resort and you just pick whatever you want, and there's a cashier at the end. Or do you prefer <laughs> the original lines with the uh, pimple faced adolescent who <laughs> can't fill the popcorn? And uh, <laughs> what can I get you? What was that? Sour Patch Kids? That'll be nine fifty. Nine fifty for Sour Patch Kids. Yeah. Why do they charge forty nine dollars yeah, well, for a right. freaking Sour Patch yeah. Kids at a theater? That's where they make their money, though. That's yeah. the only. Oh, I know. That's the I know. Only place theaters make their money. So you gotta. You just have to. All right. Whatever. You gotta think like we must. You must think we're stupid. It's seven dollars for Smart Water. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I talked about it before. It was for sneaking your cheeseburgers in, Kent. Right. That. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, why I was sneaking them real in. Late over here Dollar really menu wrecking. cheeseburgers cost me exponentially <laughs> less than one pack of Sour Patch Kids. But uh, I talked about before. <laughs> I think it's AMC who has two hot dogs, two drinks, and a popcorn for like thirty nine dollars. <laughs> like that's the actual price. Good of, deal. Yeah. You save like fifty cents if you buy it that way. Do yeah. Do Mike and Mike do the commercial for it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's what? my biggest pet peeve. Can I rant about that real quick? Do it. There's this Go. Applebee's commercial. A, it has Mike and Mike on it from ESPN Radio, which is enough. And then they which say... Is the most Mike and Mike thing to advertise, <laughs> honestly. Let's be, I mean, let's be and honest. then they talk about how you could, at lunchtime, now not at dinner, lunchtime, <laughs> you, can, you can go to Applebee's and get a burger, fries, and a Pepsi. That's step two in the wrong direction, but okay. Burger, fries, and Pepsi for like ten ninety nine. It's like, uh huh. Like, what a deal! Ten ninety nine. Thanks for the deal. dollar off my drink. I don't. Yeah, that's <laughs> okay. Cool. Have you guys eaten anywhere ever for burgers and fries? <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good one. It's an Applebee's burger, so that's where you pay the <laughs> premium. You're Applebee's willing to pay like the extra. Because yeah, it's an Apple one place in America that can screw up a burger somehow. It's just, <laughs> right. it's amazing. Yeah, as if you. I've never had a burger at any restaurant ever and been like, God, this was just terrible. Except for Applebee's, though. So, like it's and this Apple. is super inside Texas, but like a hot dotty burger, I think is a and fries and a drink. Yeah, is eleven ninety nine. Right. So you're saying it's a hot dotty burger is a dollar better than an Applebee's. You can get two meals at Whataburger for exactly the price of an Applebee's. Exponentially more satisfied. I think so. That's just your opinion, Mike. (laughs) 
So what do you prefer? Do you prefer the uh, also Mike? Do you prefer the buffet style or the uh, yeah. the old school? I'm in favor of any line system wherein you don't have to talk. You to just get called up to yeah, well that too. But where you just get called to the next available checker or register or whatever instead okay. of the uh, there's four registers. I got to pick one. Uh, I'm gonna go You'll here. Always pick like oh, gee, are you serious? And then somebody's ordering 14 hot dogs, and it just you know it takes forever. So yeah. I'm always in math of like, all movie. right, yeah. Do I want nine millennials get behind right. nine 14 year olds right. or one old yeah. Asian guy? Hmm. Yeah. Pro tip too. Sophie's by the way. choice. <laughs> ever behind me in a uh, if you're ever behind me at a like a self checkout at a grocery store, even if I have a thousand items, you want to be behind me because I'm about to same. do like something amazing. It's gonna be a world record. Just let's go. I'm the same way that in the airline um like TSA. I can get through TSA in like 13 <laughs> yeah. seconds, and yeah. I freaking shame oh, every yeah. I shame everyone with my eyes as I walk by shame. them. Like really? Last time it was didn't I think mean, you'd have to take your belt off, huh? <laughs> really? Okay, because that's new. <laughs> That's a Gosh. new rule they have. Yeah. yeah, that's only been around since 9-11, literally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last time I was flying, there was a business bro in front of me who had like 14 carts full of stuff that he yeah. had to like yeah, had to take off all this jewelry and stuff. My wallet is literally a rubber band. So it's just like, bam, bam, <laughs> and we're through. Like, this is the easiest thing ever. Oh, man. Always get behind me in line. That's the, that's the key. The worst, I experienced this two days ago is when you're at the very end of the TSA like tr- like a uh, table where you're putting your stuff in the bins, you know, and then you're putting it in the x-ray machine and the guy in front of you says, "Oh no, go ahead, ma'am." "Oh, go ahead, ma'am." And he's just <laughs> letting everyone in front of you as if yeah. no one in the line has a flight to catch. <laughs> "No, my flight's not for three and a half hours. Go, go <laughs> ahead." You know, I just want to out I just want to throw out this chilies for a little bit. So go exactly. ahead. Exactly. He's like, I'm meeting my friends for happy hour. I'm not even taking a flight. So go ahead. I enjoy paying 20% more for magazines. Right. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Yeah, um, it's, I, yeah. Yeah, it's anything, any, I'm with Brian. I like the line buffet system because mm-hmm. I trust my, anything where I can just rely on me and have the least amount of variables of others, I'm, I'm on board with. And I said this last year, and it's been about a year since I said it. I don't know why people don't use the self kiosk at the movie theater I know. instead of standing in the line and telling two for uh, uh, ner- uh troll, uh, please two for the trolls, uh, sir, you're 49. <laughs> yeah, I like trolls. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, why go through that whole thing when you can just swipe your card, press, press it and just be in before not even waiting in I line. Know. There's never one person using the machine. I like is. Is everyone blind of the machine that's right here? Clearly, and I and, and I'm also a big fan of anything that allows me to because I'm I'm quick on my computer. Anything that allows me to like pre-buy anything where I can just scan. Yeah, you want to be behind me in any of that because I I like I get off on getting into things like super, you know. And so I uh, I can I can operate that kiosk. I just walk up, swipe the credit card. I'm in the theater before you're even out of your car. <laughs> because we see 60 movies a year. So it's right. like, I am. We're prepared for this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I don't understand adults. I when I was 15, oh. I wish someone just sat me down and said, all, A, all dolls are stupid. <laughs> but B, no one thinks ahead. It's not, I, I, I plan my whole day out to the minute. Mm. And it just drives me nuts that no one else does. I, I definitely don't buy tickets online because I hate filling out the checkout form and the whole thing. 
I I show up and I just buy my ticket most of the time. I have a, a window that I know I can get a ticket and I know when to get there and everything. I don't risk it for midnight showings or Star Wars or anything that's huge that I'm worried about. But sure, um, yeah, yeah. I think it's a hassle to buy tickets online. I think there needs to be a better way to buy tickets online. Well, with Google checkout and stuff now, I can just if, yeah. if it's the because th- I have the theater next to my work queued up, and so I can I can purchase a ticket in probably under 30 seconds and then all mm-hmm. i have to do is walk yeah. up swipe my card and it knows all, i don't have to sw- tap the screen at the kiosk yeah i just swipe my credit card and it prints same for me but i i typically use fandango and it, it takes me about 45 seconds just like bam 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 we're done i'll I, i'm with you can like i'll do that when i do a weekday showing unless it's something like like i tried to go see logan yesterday and the movie that I, the time that i could make the theater was mostly packed when I was looking on on Fandango, I was like, ah, I don't really want to sit next to anybody. So I'll just go tomorrow. And that's so today when I bought, I went ahead and bought my ticket about an hour in advance, use Fandango and just so that I can make sure I could get the seat I wanted and not have to deal with humans. Yeah, because right. that's the, the that's the end goal. The right? goal of everything just, is just okay. avoid human contact. And we're all <laughs> exactly we become exactly. Wally yeah. in a Wally world. <laughs> all right. Wow. So one thing I did want to discuss before we talk Logan in depth guys is um, official, I guess, release date announced for Indiana Jones five. I'm not familiar with Indiana Jones four. When did that? Yeah. Did they just skip one? That's weird. They did. Um, Good. Okay. It goes from three to five. All right. No, it's um, like an elevator. skipping 13. (laughs) Right. It's, it's officially, Gonna come out July nineteenth, two thousand nineteen. Indiana Jones Five, still untitled, to be produced by Frank Marshall and uh, his wife Kathleen Kennedy, mm. and directed by Steven Spielberg, which is I think Mister the guy Mister Burns hired in The Simpsons <laughs> to direct his. <laughs> debut oh uh, no steven spielberg is back uh, at the helm i guess trying to wash the taste out of his mouth and everybody else's mouth from the last time last go around maybe he wants to give indy the proper send-off in his eyes and it would feel honestly kind of weird for anyone besides spielberg to do a an indie movie yeah so we just gotta hope shia doesn't get arrested in the next few years yeah. before they start filming right <laughs> he's got to finish his protest by then which we don't know yeah. It's definitely go at least till 2020. So yeah, the impeachment trial probably before then. So that's good. <laughs> we can only hope. Uh, so ready player one is Spielberg's next movie. Next big movie, I guess. And that's 2018. I assume yes, he'll go straight from that to pre-production and principal photography yeah. on indie. And uh, Harrison gonna... Ford returning, of course, to the role of Indiana Jones for mm-hmm. uh, we're assuming mm-hmm. the last time. Yeah, it sounds like he's going to double up for and do the because uh, there was another Spielberg movie announced today too that he's doing. He's directing the Hanks and Streep and the the Washington Post. What's the, what's the movie yeah, called? Richard, it's I, can't the, remember. I think it's called The Post. Um, okay. It's like about it's about the the Pentagon Papers uh, thing with with Ben Bradley and that's um, right. Kath, the, but you know, I it's wouldn't the, be surprised. All the presidents men plot line. Yeah, no, yeah, a little bit, but different kind of. But yeah. Um, but I think, you know, he, you know, he shot with those kind of movies. He shot Catch Me If You Can, I think, in 28 days. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he just if he just 
pounds out the post like it's done in a month um because with those kind of skill movies he works he's kind of does the eastwood thing where he works really quickly but you know good he usually stacks it to where he's doing post-production on one and the editing on one while he's doing pre and principal photography for the other so he'll kind of double up because the post-production is more of him him just approving things you know from his editor and from the effects people and things like that and uh, for example he was doing post-production on Jurassic Park when he was making Schindler's List, I think. So that's um, so weird. Very God. weird. Those different. two, those two go together. These two don't. It's <laughs> so a little you more wonder, understandable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Gosh. it's going to be weird to see Indy again, see Spielberg doing it again. I, I'm kind of the impression you need to stop. But uh, Disney Corporation purchased the Lucasfilm rights, and included in those rights was Indiana Jones, and so you kind of. It's a free movie to make. It's a free property, basically. I mean, they they bought it obviously for Star Wars mainly, but uh, included in the deal was the indie franchise. So, I mean, uh, if people were willing to and do I, them, and I didn't see know them, that at the make time. Them. I didn't know yeah. that at the time. That makes that deal even create even un, more unbelievably good. That deal's going to pay for itself forty times. Yeah, that's a deal where By next year. Yeah, we've all said Herschel Walker. You know, uh, jo- yeah. George just wanted to sell the thing you know i mean he said he had talked he didn't talk with anyone else but disney and it was just a handshake deal with bob Iger or whatever and mm. i mean bob Iger probably couldn't have shook in his hand that fast you yeah. know for yeah. okay we're doing it you know <laughs> I, he, yeah. they probably would have paid 10 or more for yeah Star maybe Wars. 40 i don't know like i mean it's whatever they would have paid it probably would have been worth it very quickly so that's pretty good. I think Kit I think he just wants. I I think he knows the fourth Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is a just a travesty of a film, and uh, I think he would like to send that character and that franchise out on the on a proper note. That that's the impression that I've always gotten, anyway. I think so too. And man, I if he really does have the passion, if this is a passion project kind of thing, and he's had this idea for indie ever since the last one, never got to do it. We know, you know, Frank Darabont wrote the last Indy four, and mm. but George Lucas came in and said, "No, that's not how it happened." We're going to add some uh, aliens. Yeah, there were aliens there. It was Egypt, <laughs> and they, <laughs> and oh man, and they, um, they ended up not. They ended up shelving the the Frank Darabont screenplay, and you know, in came George to uh to improve it. If you asked him, he improved the, the the picture. He only calls him pictures too. Still, he rode on on a very <laughs> tired white horse. <laughs> he did. <laughs> um, man, it's just it's funny. It's just funny that Tim and uh, and Spielberg are so close. You know, George Lucas because mm-hmm. they're so they're so similar, but yet so different. And just they're. Uh, I mean, they're both similar in the fact that they're successful filmmakers and producers but um i mean just their aesthetic of what they think is good i think is just vastly different you know like one's just the far superior of a filmmaker like i don't know why george lucas doesn't make other movies at this point you know i don't know why he yeah. isn't he hasn't graduated from star wars maybe he has and we just haven't seen him i think what was that uh animated movie he did last year that came out the uh fairies, yeah. or, fairies or something I can't. I can't remember what it was called. He he was he produced Red Tails a few years yeah. ago too. Uh, 
and I can't remember what that thing was called. It was it looked just terrible. And he acted like that was the first movie to ever have black actors. He's like, listen, nobody was doing this. Nobody would make this movie. Like we've had movies like this before, George. This is nothing groundbreaking. It's just a bad movie. You know? That was his whole thing about it. And it failed so miserably. Um but it's the first bad film with African American actors. <laughs> right. right. Strange Magic. Strange is Magic. The, uh, that was it. Movie you're thinking of. Which, boy, doesn't look great. <laughs> boy, I love the Brian Gill just uh, <laughs> feeling of regret. Be like, man, how could that happen? Um, let's see what else he's. Um, I guess Strange Magic was the last thing. Star yeah. Wars Detour still hasn't come out, which is an mm-hmm. animated comedy series that Seth Green, I think, helped produce. That was supposed to come out before uh, Disney bought Star Wars, and uh, they shelved it and made Star Wars Rebels instead to fit more. It with turned more out brand. that that's not what happened is the problem. So. <laughs> that's not what happened. You, uh, no, he, he wasn't funny. They're not funny. They weren't, Han wasn't funny. He was. Uh, <laughs> he's a fictional character, George. He, he wasn't like that. Um, okay. So. Yeah, Indy 5, July 19th, 2019. See you then. Okay, let's take a break and come back and talk all things Logan. Boom. I guess we should begin with general thoughts on Logan. We kind of had our general thoughts on the the movie earlier, but uh, this one we can get into specifics definitely. There's going to be a ton of Easter eggs in this. There's going to be a ton of spoilery type discussion. So if you have not seen the movie... Seriously, turn this off, go see it, and come back and see us, because I would hate to spoil anything in this movie for you. So I'm going to forewarn that and you know listen at your own risk from, from here on out. Uh, man, I'm going to miss this character a lot. I'm going to miss these movies a lot. This movie just reinforced that for me. Um, I heard a lot of talk coming into this movie, that this is the greatest superhero movie of all time, that this is you know, best picture nominee kind of movie, a best, you know, actor, supporting actor kind of movie, and um, that this is, you know, better than The Dark Knight and the best X-Men movie ever and and a lot of of praise. I think it was in the upper 90s on the old Rotten Tomatoes, which, you know, honestly can't be denied nowadays. You know, if a movie has, you know, say what you will about Rotten Tomatoes, but that's maybe the most legitimate um, kind of credibility that you could have as a movie nowadays, marketing wise. So mm-hmm. uh, I had all that going for it, uh, and um, I really like this movie. Um, it's uh, it's not the Dark Knight to me. I think the Dark Knight is still b- a better movie for a number of reasons, which I will go over. But it's this is uh, Logan. It's it's a freaking dang good movie, and it's a mm-hmm. really good take on this character, and it um, it's very intimate. It's very um, emotional. It's well shot. It's dark. It's gritty. It's violent. Um, it's real. It's a uh, set in um, it's set in reality. Then more than uh, any of the X Men movies have, it kind of knows what it is. It knows what universe it's in, rather than uh, living this kind of alternative reality that the X Men universe kind of lives in. And, you know, multiple realities with every timeline that they kind of overlap with each additional movie. This really does feel separate, and it feels like 
all the other X-Men movies are almost negated by this. And, you know, like we said, after Days of Future Past, like, okay, you can screw all the other ones now. This resets everything. Well, this kind of does yeah. in a way. Uh, it, it's more of a standalone. It, it definitely mm-hmm. is a standalone, but um, it's such yeah. a good summarization of what X-Men is and what it should be and what it should have been. Not not to say the violence or the uh, language is what made that. This It's just the way the story is told is how superheroes would be perceived and treated in the real world, I think. You know, uh, it really does take it in the most realistic sense of the word. And I really appreciate that about it. Uh, I think Hugh Jackman has just, he is Wolverine more than Wolverine is Hugh Jackman. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I think he's, 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 the character will never be the same after him. You know, I don't think Iron Man will ever be the same after Robert Downey Jr. And certainly, mm-hmm. you know, there are other characters that, uh, you know, the I Joker guess, and Jared Leto. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> The same thing. Same, same exact thing. Uh, you know, the Riddler and Jim Carrey. I mean, I just can go on. And on. <laughs> there is, you know, Schwarzenegger and Mr. Freeze definitely would never be the same. No, but definitely it, not. It, it's something that, uh, I mean, he he's as much of the character as he is. He's as much a Wolverine as he is Hugh Jackman, you know? I mean, it's just made him, it's made him a superstar, really. And he said before committing to this project and uh or before making or deciding to do that this would be his last one he took the seinfeld approach of you never want them to get tired of your bit you always want them craving more so seinfeld pulled the plug on the most successful show on television in its ninth season because um we still want more today look look how successful seinfeld is today if it had gone maybe would pass its prime maybe wouldn't feel the same way about it so he always wanted to have that feeling. He always wanted the audience to keep craving more. And man, I want more of this. I want another one of these movies with James Mangold. Hey, what's up, ma'am fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms, and there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now, and they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. 
That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. I think James Mangle really understands what the Wolverine is and represents. And I really liked his first Wolverine movie. It was more of a samurai kung fu movie than it was an action, I mean, a a superhero movie to me, you know? It really, it was a definitely different take on X-Men than we'd ever seen. This is a different take, and and I love this. I'm excited to talk about this with you. And uh, how did you guys like it? I mean, did it live up to that hype? To you, is this the best superhero movie of all time? I certainly think it's in the conversation for the best X-Men movie ever. Uh, I, I have mm-hmm. high regards for the, uh, the earlier stuff, the the first stuff that, um, that Brian Singer did. And I, I really like first class still for some reason, uh, just because of the, uh, Magneto Charles Xavier dynamic in first class. I really enjoy greatest and, night of my life. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And the Mavs won the title that night, by the way. I think and, it was just game two, but still. Yeah. yeah. It's in still, our hearts. Big comeback. It was where it started. Yeah. yeah. And we have had, you know, different iterations of that, but uh, this is definitely in the conversation for mm-hmm. best X-Men as, as far as uh, narratively. I mean, it's, it really rarely wastes time. I think it does have flaws in some of the characters, but um, man, super strong, super solid. And man, I wish I could say I want to see where this goes, but you know, that you know this is the end. It's 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 sad, but they let, let me just say they ended on a on a high note. You know they ended on a on a really good note, and definitely not with a sour taste in my mouth after this one. So uh, Brian, mm-hmm. what are your what are your general general thoughts or what's your impression of this one? Yeah, I loved it. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's better than the Dark Knight, but but I think the conversation starts after the Dark Knight, and that's so that's pretty high praise to uh, to, to say because we've had. For all the the superhero overload that we've had over the last decade, there's a lot of really good films that fall into that genre, into that category. And so, uh, there's to to say something is is up for the you know the, maybe the, the second best, uh, and, and is only behind The Dark Knight, which is not just a great comic book movie, but is a just a purely great movie to begin with. That's that's saying something. It, it's odd. It I love the X Men. The X Men is my easily my favorite uh superhero movie franchise it's the Same. only comic book series that you know through the various uh iterations the only comic book that i've ever read in my life are are x-men related uh, i loved love 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 the cartoon when i was a kid collected the action figures all this stuff the x-men are the best um this in some ways it this doesn't feel like an x-men movie because it is so low obviously so wolverine centric it's almost like its own off on its it is a standalone obviously but it it almost feels like a completely different uh franchise in a way just with some characters that that interconnect in a way um so like i think i think x2 is the best x-men movie and i don't know where i fall on this as compared to that i think this is a better movie i just think x2 kind of gets the x-men vibe that i want from the x-men cinematic universe 
uh, a little better for me for me personally. But I've seen X2 a thousand times, and so maybe this uh, starts to feel more X-Mini after, uh, after a couple more viewings. But I think you're right. I think Jackman inhabits that character uh, and, and exemplifies everything you want from him and brings that, that character to life so beautifully and with such uh, gravitas and so much strength on screen. You know, there's so many times that the... I, I rewatched all the X-Men movies this last week to write a... do some research for a blog that'll be up later in the week. And, um, and there's times when the X-Men movies fall into a trap where they are so focused on making Wolverine awesome. And so I think there's a part of it too that it's... It, you it's kind of to make a sports analogy it's kind of like having a great scorer on your team and you end up just kind of watching him shoot baskets because he's so good at it wolverine and jackman are so awesome on screen that it, it in t- at times it's to the detriment of everybody else uh, who's, who's sharing time with them so in a way this is kind of the perfect way to send off uh jackman's part in this this series with him basically on his own just being the most um, I don't know, like the most Wolverine version of Wolverine, which I love. He's I full love. of rage. I don't think you can I mean, do. He's, he is. Uh, he's he's, he's rage and he's angry and he's drunk and he's yeah. bitter and he's dying. And it's it makes for such a. I, I was not prepared for any sort of like emotional connection to what was happening in an X Men movie, and I totally was. Like from ten minutes in, it's just. I was kind of hurting like, Oh man, like Wolverine is kind of dying. I don't, this is weird. It, and it, uh, it took me by surprise a little bit and that just carries out throughout the, the rest of the film. So anyway, generally I, I think this is a great, it's a great movie. It's a great superhero movie. It's a interesting X-Men movie, but it is the perfect send off for, for Wolverine who, you know, is such a great character on screen, off screen, no matter what. Um, I'm interested to see where they go from here because I we're definitely going to get I think some I think we're going to get an opportunity to have more movies with uh, with X23 as the lead instead of um, you know the, the Jackman Wolverine and that's the only way you can do it you can't wait five years and then recast Wolverine with another you know scruffy white guy you've got to kind of you got to completely revamp that character so I think X23 takes the mantle and and we go in a slightly different direction, but you're not going to ever have another, you're not going to ever have somebody take Jackman's place on the screen. And, and thusly, this is the, the perfect send off for him. Richard, what about you? I know you're a big fan of X-Men in general. And so uh, what, what do you think about this? Yeah, no, I, I, I will echo a lot of what you said and, and hopefully had a slightly different spin. So I've never read any comic books really. I've read the, I've read Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think, I think that's it of like superhero brand. I mean, I've read some graphic novels like mouse and stuff like that, but, um, but if I were to ever read them based solely off the movies I'd seen, I would read X-Men. I like, it kind of has the Jurassic park thing to me where like, it makes sense. Even if it doesn't make sense, like yeah, they, yeah. the mutant thing is like, okay, you explained it enough. It's like the mosquito and the Amber. I can get there now. I'm in like, mm-hmm. this isn't a big leap. Yeah. Um, I like the tone of it. I like all the, allegory of it you know it, these are a lot more like socially perceptive than other superhero movies in my opinion in the way you know if there, if there were actual kind of mutant superheroes this is more realistic in the way that we would probably treat them mm-hmm. um 
And so uh, I just, I really have always been all in on these. I, they always cast really well with a few exceptions, but there's a ton of characters though. Like you're going to miss on a couple. Right. I, I, you know, I've been watching a lot of press for this. I really, I love Hugh Jackman and uh, he's, he's been a delight in all the, all the interviews. I didn't, I kind of had forgotten um, how not famous he was when he did this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I kind of, it's always, cause it's such a lead role and you're like, Oh, he was already Hugh Jackman, but he was, you know, he was doing like Oklahoma on the wet in the West end <laughs> in, in London was what he did right before this. And so like, you've only known him in this context and it's 17 years, you know, um, of that and, uh, how cool, right? I mean, 10 movies. I, I, yeah. 10 movies. Um, he said, you know, he, he said he, he doesn't mind if someone, I saw him, he's on uh, Graham Norton with, uh, with Patrick Stewart. This was great with here. Talk about this lineup. Uh, Patrick Stewart Ian McKellen surprised them and that in, and James Blunt. <laughs> yeah, that's oh. all. James Blunt um, still so huge around the world. No one. But I will say, James Blunt, hilarious. Didn't know that. So I watched. I I highly recommend everyone watch the Graham Norton show with the the Logan cast and James Blunt. He's really funny, um, especially on Twitter. They like put some of his tweets yeah. up. And he's like really self deprecating. I didn't know. Yes. Yes. Um. But uh, so anyway, regardless, he said that he wouldn't mind someone else playing the part, but he's going to be really pissed if like Daniel Day Lewis does it in five years and wins the Oscar. <laughs> I thought right. that was a great line. Yeah. Um, he brought it, man, in this. He was awesome in this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Patrick Stewart's great. Patrick Stewart is, uh, you know, in the conversation for my favorite actor ever. Yeah. I just love Patrick Stewart so much and everything. It just as a person, as a uh, actor, he's just always awesome. This he, he, one of the more un, I mean, we, not underrated actors, but I think it's underrated in how versatile he is. I mean, he's been mm-hmm. um, Charles Xavier and and John Lucard and guy in Green Room, and yeah. <laughs> I mean, like he's just done everything and a million Shakespeare roles yeah. that are all incredible. If you can ever find narrator, narrator of Ted movies, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? He's he's like awesome. Yeah. Part, yeah, he's oh, totally, yeah. Of, Remember that awful Brandon Routh superhero Superman movie? <laughs> That's fine, but uh, but so those he's gonna play great. the poo emoji. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> he's gonna be the poop emoji in it. He's really excited for it, which is, just tells you everything you need to know about about Patrick Stewart just as a human. Um, he's the best of of all of us. So, um, it yeah, it was a uh, it was a fitting kind of. And in a totally, it sucks that it's such a brilliant left turn in this franchise and a final chapter in a way, which makes it really cool and and kind of a bummer because you you wish there was nine more of these because this was such a uh, such a fun fun ride and the intelligence of this movie and the statement it makes I think is really you know Deadpool is sat, is very much satire in terms of um, look what we can do with all this like stylized violence and look how mm-hmm. ridiculous mm-hmm. this is. And but this movie, it's like you feel the blade, man. Like they yeah. go in, and he even says, like, this is how that feels at one point, and all that stuff. He's so, um, it's so kind of like gritty, and and it shows the consequences of these worlds in such a great way. I don't know, man. I I think Dark Knight's definitely a bigger scale um, superhero movie, but this is like I'm trying to think what to what to even compare it to. But if 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 uh, if the Dark Knight is like Mission Impossible Four, then this is like the first Born movie. Like it's smaller, it's like mm-hmm. kind of handicapped in a way, but it's like almost as cool in its own stylized way. Yeah, 
That's fair. Where the Dark Knight succeeds for me above this is two is the characters. I think every character in the freaking Dark Knight is memorable. I mean, honestly, sure. uh, are iconic in a way, you know? I think there's maybe two or three in this movie, you know? Wolverine, um, the X-23, and of course, um, Professor X. But other than that, there are several throwaway characters in this movie. Caliban's in it, but not too important, but kind of important. Um, the antagonists really are aren't any antagonist. In fact, uh, the antagonist ends up being the protagonist and vice versa, you know, like uh, with the X-24 experiment and everything. I took that as, you know, as, as making that the kind of the villain of the movie when it, when it's all said and done, it's, it's that satire of, okay, well, Wolverine's his own worst enemy. You know, the only person that can defeat Wolverine is in fact Wolverine, right? And he's, he's struggling with that in several different ways, not only in this movie, but with every movie he's done, and in this one even more so because of the alcoholism. I mean, it's been hinted at in the, the other movies, like in X-Men First Class, where he's at the bar and he tells them to F off when they come recruit him to be in the X-Men. Mm-hmm. He's like taking a shot or whatever. And uh, and it's kind of always been mentioned and uh, never really fully explored is uh, his reliance on alcohol. But, man, when the adamantium stuff adamantium poisoning aspect of this movie where he's yeah, dying and yeah. he uh you know he's just trying to numb the pain all the time and the way they they do the claws in this movie where there's like pus and blisters out of where the claws are actually coming out of his hands i always mm-hmm. thought i mean not to say uh, this is a this is obviously unrealistic it's a superhero movie but i always found it super corny in the other movies how his claws would just go in and out with ease and be perfectly healed yeah. every single time. Like the fact that he actually had to pull one out, you know, that wasn't coming out all the way and it was covered in blood and stuff was very eye opening and stuff that you would think about only if this took place in the real world and not in the X-Men world. Right. And, um, they really do explore almost all of those scenarios, at least with Wolverine. Uh, it, it, it's as real as real gets as far as actually translating the violence into what it would yeah. actually look like in that first scene. I mean, this takes a note from the dark Knight and the fact that it just throws you into the action right from the beginning and doesn't waste any time in getting you or getting the story started. And like he gets the claws through the guy's forearm, which is crazy. He puts the claws right through the guy's head, like basically from his chin all the way through the top of his skull which is like, oh my gosh, what are you, what what did I just see? You know, and it's, they don't cut away. You know, you see the blades and all the damage that they're doing, oh. and um, that's it's kind easily of, the uh, most physical of all these movies. And it's not just because it's R rating; it's because you have a, I think, a director who understands how to how to make that happen a little bit better. Than it doesn't cut away. Brian a lot. Singer, or the Rat right. Man, or somebody like that. This know? is a quote from James Mangold on the movie, and and it's R rating. And he says that the R rating uh, wasn't so much for the violence, but it was for the style. He says, quote, for me, what was most interesting is getting in getting the studio to OK an R rating was something entirely different. The studio suddenly let go of the expectation that this film has to play for children. When they let go of that, you're free in a myriad of ways. The scenes can be longer. Ideas can be explored in dialogue or otherwise. And it can be more sophisticated. Storytelling pace can be more poetic 
and less built like an intention span deficit theater. So you don't have to worry about the constant cutting during action scenes and everything. You can just turn the camera on and yeah, you're going to put the blade through the guy's skull and action. And you do it and you see the blade and I mean, it's, it's everything. It's, it's all there. You know, there's the camera mm-hmm. doesn't hide anything. There's no camera trick there. Uh, obviously there is, but um, it's, it, it's, there's less CG in this movie than any X-Men movie by a mile, by a, a landslide. And yeah. man, this does stand on its own. But the, really, the connection to X-Men is is Professor X. I think this movie could have worked very well without Professor X, but Professor X Ooh. brings you so into the X-Men universe and what he brings. I'm, I mean, I think this movie could have been awesome if it was just Wolverine, and he comes in con- and he's struggling with himself, and he comes in contact in Mexico with the X-23, and he's just trying... He just- you know, he helps her escape and he helps mutants escape or whatever. And it's just him and X-23 and he's trying to raise her and protect her. And that's how this ends. But uh, I think the Patrick Stewart stuff is awesome. And I mentioned Best Supporting Actor earlier. Man, he brings it in this movie. And yeah. he lost like 20 pounds to do this movie so that he would look more frail and sick and everything. Yeah. He has the hair going on here. We've never seen Professor X, at least with uh, in Patrick Stewart's version, with a little bit of hair. So that's interesting. And I mean, they're committed to these characters. They they are these characters. They feel they feel as much of a connection to them, even more so than we do. You know, um, I would say Patrick Stewart would probably go on a limb and say Professor X probably helped him in his career just as much as Wolverine has helped Hugh Jackman. You know, uh, yeah, they're one and the same at this point. And that's something we're not going to get very often. But do you think it could have worked without Professor X, Brian? I know you groaned when I said that. Uh, I think think it would have been a vastly different movie. It would have been more like an independent kind of uh, exploration, explore, you know, personal struggle Mm -hmm. kind of a movie. And Professor X, like I said, ties everything up into the X-Men universe. Yeah, I think you could have pulled it off, but it is a different movie, and it I think it's missing some of my favorite elements of of this movie because I a seeing Professor X in that state is heartbreaking and and extremely powerful. Like to see like the Alzheimer's, like they yeah, they I mean to it, see that, like that is and all that. Yeah, that is some real world stuff being brought into you know a comic book movie, and you you see like this this guy who has the greatest mind ever in the history of the human race pretty much and it and he's losing it and that that hit me hard like i was not expecting to get um emotionally tied into what was happening with professor x's mental health in this movie you know and that comes out very quickly and then to get the backstory on uh his i mean they they imply that he killed multiple x-men by letting his brain get out of control with one of these, these seizures, uh, the, the, the Westchester incident that they refer to. And then when he is, you know, kind of having a moment of clarity and referring back to it, I mean, it's, it's pretty clear that several people were injured and some actual X-Men died because he couldn't control his brain. And that is haunting him. And that is, boy, that's really something. And I, I think it also really, some of my favorite moments in the movie, the action's great. Jackman's great. I love his interactions with with X twenty three, but there's two or three very small, um, you know, kind of 
tucked away moments of of I mean, honestly, like real intimacy between Logan and and Charles, you know, him carrying him up the stairs to to take him to his bedroom and or the caring for him with the needle, all these sorts of things. It's like that really I, I loved that stuff. I thought that made I thought that grounded this movie uh, in a in a, a sense of reality that maybe you're missing you would miss without Professor X. You could definitely pull it off. You can find a way to do it, but it's a totally different movie. And I quite like this one, I guess. And I, I don't think you could get these moments without Professor X and without their, you know, their interaction and their father, son, healthy respect at the same time, quarreling relationship. Like that was really quite powerful to me. Did you think that's the, villain at the end or the last kind of hurrah was going to be Magneto and that uh, Ian McKellen was going to be Magneto and that uh, Charles and Wolverine would have to like come to defeat him one last time or one of those kind of things I I just I just was waiting for a a Magneto cameo or something or appearance in this uh, but it really does seem like it's uh, in days of future past at this point that uh, yeah the Magneto thing would cross over with this, but, and I thought Deadpool was going to make an appearance in this too. And, uh, didn't really, didn't really happen. Wasn't really a plot, major plot point, except for the trailer, so to speak, the beginning of the movie, which was funny. Right. And, um, that's fine. You know, I, I, like I said, this movie would have worked for me with literally three characters. <laughs> so, uh, and you know, this road trip, kind of scenario that little miss sunshine you know getting from point a a to point b kind of thing and uh the personal struggle i think uh hugh jackman mentioned the wrestler as kind of the template movie he wanted this to be you know this story of this guy who's kind of washed up but still wants to have one last hoorah kind of a thing and that's perfectly executed here for a superhero movie i mean um Mm -hmm. I didn't expect this at all, you know? I didn't expect X-Men to recover from everything, and I didn't think James Mangold had this in him from... Even though I liked the Wolverine a lot, I just... This is so different than it, you know? It's almost like... It's almost a completely different world. I don't know how to explain it. Um, Even though I really liked the reality aspect of the Wolverine and, you know, the Vietnam War and everything, I love the opening of that movie, and, and it, it really does bring it air of reality but again this is this is extremely real and the x-23 you know i think kick-ass was the first r-rated superhero movie and the uh chloe grace moretz hit girl character was criticized for you know being so young and being so violent um Mm -hmm. this is tenfold in this movie yeah with uh with with the x-23 and it's it's believable. I mean, the actor that they got to play X-23 was great and definitely had the martial arts aspect of the film down. But uh, the some of the stuff, like when the kid goes in there and kid, they're basically shooting at the kid and uh, <laughs> or they send the SWAT team in after her and she just comes out <laughs> and like throws the, the head at him. Like she just yeah. slaughters everybody and they they kind of pan outside and all you hear is like shooting noise inside like you know something's going down and then she just walks out and throws the head like anything else you know it's just so easy for her and uh she has to fight that entire SWAT team 
they bring out a harpoon and they like harpoon her and everything. I mean, it is violent and crazy. But uh, again, it's all there. They don't hold anything back, and it's uh, it's in your face. And I mean, they go all in on the uh, the believability of the the action and what would actually happen if you had blades attached to your hands. So mm-hmm. I also really, which like, I no longer do. Yeah, <laughs> thankfully. I actually, Richard, you mentioned the mutation aspect and how that's all you really need to know to believe this entire universe is, oh, these people were born with mutations? Okay, that works. I don't care if their mutation is they can, you know, breathe fire or whatever it is. However ridiculous it is, you kind of believe it. I also really like that they they hint at a lot and they try to weave into a lot of other X-Men movies the the General Striker stuff and the I guess genetic research and the medical experiments that they're placing on all the mutants. I think that was really effective here. The fact that they were doing them to kids made it even more effective, you know, that these Mm -hmm. kids are the ones that are being, I guess, uh, raised in a lab and that's horrible and, uh, and everything. But, you know, they, they kind of see the, uh, the error of their ways when they make the X 23 and she ends up going crazy. But, that was just another era of emotion was all that was uh, the medical aspect of it and how realistic that part is uh, too. And kind of the dangers of, of all that. Mm-hmm. I really liked too, and I was waiting for the connection, the corn stuff and how the government had used corn to kind of eliminate the, or reduce the mutant population. How they said, how ever since they started putting the chemical or whatever in the corn, uh, crops that there's so many products that use corn that it was like uh they didn't even have to give a pill or anything people already ate corn you know so they didn't really think anything mm-hmm. of it and so that i was wondering what that hypno drink was that was everywhere yeah. in the movie yeah they pushed and that i guess hard, that's yeah. uh they explained that with the fructose corn syrup and people drink anything with sugar or something like that they say and you know uh X-23 is eating cornflakes at one point, and there's cornfields everywhere. I was just like, why is this corn? There's mm-hmm. corn everywhere. And I thought it was just an Logan Easter egg. was brought to you by the Corn Council. <laughs> and the corn did the soundtrack. It was really weird. And <laughs> it, it, it actually fit, though. It was, it was, yeah, it was no, kind of jarring how well it fit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the bagpipes really like closed at the emotional. They played moment. a they played a, uh, a concert in a cornfield at one point. I think I remember them. <laughs> corn did for like a concert <laughs> special. Freaking leech. Hey, I was loved corn. Time, I loved corn, and when they were corn for uh, for about seven months, I think when freak the freak on a leash was on. It was basically it was either that or you're listening to NSYNC and Backstreet Boys all day. Those were the choices we had, had. The worst, yeah, yeah. It was, and there was no, no, no Spotify yeah. or anything. No like way to get like indie music. Yeah, it was. You guys just... want to listen to uh, Three Doors Down or Ninety Eight Degrees? That's uh, that was, that's all I got here. The, the best choices we had. Yeah, yeah. So we all just listen to Blink One Eighty Two, and we don't yeah. apologize for it. No, we're all yeah. We'll still do that. Yeah, <laughs> that's. Uh, that was easily the best choice of the day. Yeah, totally. Sure. It's not just, even close. I was just I just tripled down on, on Newfound Glory, just all the way oh. in on Newfound Glory. See, I bailed after that. That and like simple plan. Sorry guys. <laughs> How do you even remember this? I that's that's proves you <laughs> You were you were doing a fair bit of mescaline at the time. Oh, yeah. that is true. <laughs> you were 
it was a dark those eighth and ninth grade it was dark times for you you were you were tripping tripping daisies hey um okay so this really for me uh it was everything i wanted and and it's in terms of believability i think where this movie really succeeds for me and i i didn't think this would work you know, as a concept, if you had brought this to me and said that this would be in the movie, I, I would have said, I don't think that's going to work or I'm not going to like that. But when he discovers the X-Men comics in the movie and it totally takes, like, breaks the fourth wall and it's like, yeah. whoa, but it actually works brilliantly. And the fact that he's trying to deny that or, you know, how they, he kind of explains, well, these are all fairy tales. This wasn't how it happened and how they've kind of fictionalized the actual X-Men into mm-hmm. X-Men comics, I loved that aspect. And that's something that, again, is totally risky to do. To, uh, you know, if Batman's reading Batman comics in the Dark Knight, you would have been like, that's kind of weird, you know? It, are we in the comic? Are we not, you know? This right. worked perfectly for me. And I understand the comics in the movie aren't actual comics. Like, they were made for the movie uh, to kind of help the plot and the Eden thing and all that. I... I there might be a reference to something, but I know that the drawings themselves were actually made for the movie. And, uh, man, I think that worked great for me and how the kids in the actual mutant, uh, hospital that were getting experimented on, like looked up to the X-Men because they were Mm -hmm. the mutants that succeeded. You know, I loved that. And that, that man, it just brings so much connection and emotion into the story. Like the, uh, yeah, just the uh, the love that you feel in the movie is so present. But if I was going to have one complaint about it, it would be I wanted more intimacy between the X-23 character and the Wolverine. I wanted more of a father-daughter, father-son kind of a relationship there that we didn't I, really get, you know? I think you get it at the end. You do, but, but I wanted it like I wanted it to build. Like I said, I wanted I wanted him to be like raising this kid. Uh, and sure. like trying to hide the kid from the authorities, I think there's really an opportunity there to do something really cool. Like in kind of a, I don't know, this is a weird kind of a comparison, but like Brie Larson in Room, you know, and the kid there, you know, like there's so much you could do about this kid getting into the real world for the first time and all this discovery aspect of it. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, this is a again, it's a two hour and ten fifteen minute movie, so we can only fit so much in there. But I thought there was more of an opportunity to explore that relationship that we didn't really get in the movie. And the payoff is good, Brian, you're right. But, um, I would have, I would have liked this to be a little slower pace. You know, I didn't need as many action scenes in this movie as they kind of, you know, most comic book movies, you're like every 20 minutes, you're going to have some kind of chase or action scene or something to kind of break it up. But man, like, uh, Mangold said, I really could have dealt with longer dialogue scenes and longer, think pieces like this movie could have gotten away with that with just you know a good intro action scene and maybe something climactic in the third act i think i think uh most audiences still would have been pleased with this but that's my kind of one complaint do you have a you have any complaints on this brian or richard you go first brian uh i liked i mean personally i i thought the if you sacrifice, I guess if you changed, if you got rid of Xavier's character and and did more with the with his relationship with X twenty three, you could get away with that. But time wise, I think this is kind of the perfect length of film, and I really dug the 
once he get then once they get to the spot in North Dakota and they, all the experimented kids are there. I thought that was a really cool Lord of the Flies yes. slash Hook reference. Mm-hmm. Kind of, I, I really enjoyed that. I thought I mean, kind of having man, them fend yeah. for themselves. Yeah, the I love that, and, and the way that they come together at the end, like with using their powers to to uh, take down the the bad guys and stuff, was really awesome and creepy in a in a great way. Um, the stuff with with 23 towards the end with, with, you know, when he really gets down to, uh, you know, her, her calling him daddy and all this sort of stuff like that got to me because everything kid related gets to me these days. Cause I'm old and soft. Um, complaint wise, I, you know, there's some of the cinematography is only okay. There's a couple of, especially down the stretch when they're the, I don't even. I can't remember the name of the company because it didn't. It didn't matter at all. But when the soldiers are tracking the kids through the woods, there's some really odd-looking CGI stuff there that I don't know if the frame rate was wrong or something. There's just something a little bit, a little bit off in that. And for all of the, um, this this may sound like kind of a strange complaint, but for all of the the precision with the visual physicality of, of the movie. I think there's a little bit of something missing in, in some sequences in the, the sound department with all this stuff. Like not that I am dying to have uh, a really loud slashing sound as Wolverine <laughs> stabs somebody in the head, but there, there is something to be said for that part was weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The sad price is right. Horn sound. <laughs> Uh, there is something to be said for having sound mix that fits the physicality of what you're seeing on screen. And I, I think that that was at times somewhat lacking. Some of the gunfire is like really soft and then, uh, his, you know, slashing and stabbing and stuff. Hey, that's a minor complaint, but it did, it didn't quite match to what I was watching. What, what I was hearing didn't match what I was watching at times. And that, you know, that's kind of a bummer. And I hate, what about you? Uh, I just, I, while this is on my mind, I don't want to forget it, Brian. Uh, I hate the stupid Tron Legacy face replacement. We're going to make him younger looking thing. Why couldn't they just had Hugh Jackman play X24 and that, that yeah, would be it? That was Why did they have to make that like, oh, it's Hugh Jackman as he was in the original X Men movie or, you know, 20 years ago or, you know, however young he, they made him look? I, that's just too jarring every single time. It, it, it's it's not perfect technology yet. Still, and, you know? and I get it when you have to do it, like with Princess Leia. But you that's didn't the have easiest to do effect this to do to do yeah. two of the actors on the same screen playing the same character. They did it, and now you see me too, guys. You can do it at anything, you know. <laughs> um, I mean, but that every time they pull that trope of, you know, it's the younger version of themselves. It, it never really works. It hasn't. It didn't Except work for, for Looper. Me. Looper, it different did. actor. It worked. In Looper, they all they did was kind of put Bruce Willis's facial features onto Joseph Gordon-Levitt in a very subtle way. Like the way they did it in um, the Fast series worked great with when they replaced Paul Walker. Like I really still don't know which scenes were with him and which were face replaced. Mm-hmm. It didn't work with you know Grand Moff Tarkin and Princess Leia and Rogue One. You know, there's it, it's very fine line to walk with that kind of stuff and. In, that took me out of it. When that happened, I was like, man, why couldn't they just Hugh Jackman just been dressed differently, honestly, or shaved his face or something like that. You know, it would have worked fine for me. It didn't have to be this perfect version of Wolverine. Uh, so that was a complaint for me too, was the, 
the antagonists in general were a complaint. I I just didn't feel like there was much of a villain. Like I said, Wolverine's his own villain. And again, that's where the Dark Knight wins. The characters, uh, not only of Harvey Dent and Rachel and Commissioner Gordon and Batman mm. and Alfred and all of the characters and Lucius Fox and all the memorable characters in the movie, um, they're the best villain of all time <laughs> with the Joker. So yeah. it wins in that category. And the Dark Knight wins. This is the last category uh, is the score. The score is epic and iconic for the Dark Knight. I don't remember anything from the Wolverine. It didn't stick out to me at all. There was no themes that were, you know, repeated that stuck out enough for me to um, remember them, which is. I kind of like that. That you're right. You could, that's a totally fair way of looking at it, Kent. But, but uh, I kind of like that. It wasn't a big theme song kind of superhero movie in that way. Yeah. I well, like you that can it have wasn't themes super without it being a big theme. No, I know, movie. but I, <laughs> I like that. It felt like an indie movie in a way that I don't know in the, in that respect, I like the smaller scale. And it's, I mean, it's like a different thing than, than the bigger, more epic, uh, it's a different thing. But, uh, yeah. You can have a smaller scale and have it still be just as good. You know what I mean? Uh, this, it wasn't as good. And, so where this does succeed for me is this is a great plot. I think this very few, there's very few complaints to me about the plot and uh, it really doesn't waste a lot of time. The Dark Knight really does lose me after, um, after Harvey Dent becomes Two-Faced and they do the whole boat thing. Like it really does kind of drag at the end. This really doesn't drag and um, it makes, makes use of every kind of second that it has. And there's some, Fun kind of humor in the movie. Uh, the uh, when <laughs> Professor X has to pee, that's funny, and he's kind of having to go into the stall with Professor X. That was kind of a weird scenario yeah. that they kind of probably had to deal with in real life. And um, I didn't understand why. Okay, first of all, this movie's set in 2029, uh, so that kind of throws a wrench in where we are in the X Men timeline because. But who knows where we are in the X? That's what I mean. You, you kind of have I mean, to come in assuming it's its own timeline every single time, because uh, again, if twenty twenty nine and he flashed forward from Days of Future Past, would that stuff have even happened? I mean, there's there's uh, again another whole chart you can look at from where this movie what it negates and what it doesn't. Um, so I'm not going to go there, but that's a complaint too, and you know it's not perfect and all that but i think the plot itself really does work and um doesn't again waste a lot of time and um again the ending the ending is where we kind of where it kind of wins for me uh, how hard was it for you by the way the adamantium bullet i guess if wolverine is sick or if he's decaying in a way the adamantium bullet can hurt him or can kill him apparently because in the yeah. Wolverine origins, it could not. So, yeah, he's being he's being poisoned by the adamantium in mm-hmm. his body, and that is from the comics somewhere. I don't I don't know exactly where at any point anymore, but they hint somewhere at it in the first X Men movie, I believe. Yeah, right? somewhere in there, it's it's a cert, it's like your whole body has been laced with essentially with you know kind of a drug in a way that's or a chemical that's been turned into a to a metal and so at some point that's going to take you down and there's who knows how old he is at this point because there's some i don't i don't know there's discrepancy in the movies but 
we're talking, I mean, he could be 150 years old or, or, or older, uh, depending on what timeline we're actually in, which is always the problem with the X-Men movies in general. So I, I, I thought that was the, I, the idea that they left that kind of unspoken was awesome to me. I thought that was such, such a cool, another kind of to your point, Richard, of like, I don't really need to know how the science of this works. I just need to know the bare bones fact. And that's what they did, you know, kind of did there. Just like he's dying. And they just kind of imply that without ever really coming out and saying exactly what's happening. And I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts on, I guess, spoiler alerts, the death of Wolverine? Um, yeah, it's a sad reality of it, but it kind of had to happen, right? You can't... Like uh, the seventh the seventh death, death of Professor X. <laughs> right. He, he yeah. can't die. But that yeah. was... You're right, uh, Brian. Like he, he, You mentioned it earlier. He can stop... He could stop time with his brain in previous movies, but when he does it now, it just kills people. You know, it's uh, yeah. dangerous. Gosh. He's like seizuring yeah. instead of mm-hmm. uh, doing his concentration. So yeah, the seizure scenes were rough. I think the, uh, Gosh, the substance, yeah. Oh, it was, it was totally rough. The substance abuse aspect. I pointed at it with the alcoholism earlier, but the actual drug that they use to kind of sedate their um, rages or their uh, mutation from going crazy mm-hmm. is, uh, is a whole another aspect of this too. That yeah. um is is pretty rough. And I liked the uh the kids fighting in the woods, that whole scene at the end where Wolverine like you finally see him in the wife beater. <laughs> you know, like it, every Wolverine movie has to have a scene with him in the wife beater just going to town on people. So that's great. Um the facial hair, that was kind of cheesy when the kids were cutting the facial hair into him again, you know? Uh, I didn't really notice that he had a beard and not the, you know, mutton chops when I went in, you know, until they did that scene. I was yeah. like, oh yeah, Wolverine has mutton chops. You know, I just didn't, it just didn't, it didn't occur to me that he had been missing them the whole time, you know, until, yeah. until they did that. So it was kind of a fun moment, I guess. And that, mm-hmm. that reminded me of the, of Hook, that scene right there. That's like something the Lost Boys would have done was cut all his hair off while Peter Banning was asleep. And uh, so the end is uh, kind of the last moment we get is so awesome, man. Is it was epic. such a good note. Yeah. When they uh, put the cross into the shape of the yeah. X. Yeah. Uh, that was a really cool note. And it really couldn't have ended any other way. It kind of feels kind of sudden when it ends. It yeah. Kind of ends. Um, yeah, I waited. You guys really know me. Like I'm not a, res- a big, not a big post credits guy, but I was locked in waiting for some post credits. Yeah, it didn't happen. And that's that's sad, but um, understandable. I wanted I wanted that X to tremble so bad. <laughs> You're just trying to make it happen with your mind. Yeah, I was. I was. Yeah. Yeah. The movie, really... but but I will say though, I saw a thing on Twitter that did you notice how many times Wolverine wakes up in this movie? He wakes up like thirty times in the movie. Huh. He's gonna, he's gonna wake up. Again. Yeah. That that is what's interesting. I mean, I know we've gone on and on about like, oh, this is their last movie, and this, you know, blah 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 blah. But just the fact that it's set in 2029 leaves so much room for him to come back if they want to unload the truck and give him all of the money and he wants to, to keep doing it, which they should and he should. But uh, maybe this ends up being a, a starting point for because, you know, we really haven't ever quite treated him correctly in these movies, especially his standalone movies. But 
there is a wide open like decades of time in which they could slot him into a movie on his own or back into X-Men or Deadpool or wherever. And it would still make sense with him dying in 2029. So there's plenty of room there. I think I saw a picture at one point that he was like on board for Deadpool too, but I guess that Mm -hmm. this changes that. There's a little Easter egg in the, the actual movie that they're watching, uh, Shane and the, uh, character Shane played by Alan Ladd and his son, Alan Ladd Jr. was a president of 20th Century Fox and Alan Ladd Jr. actually greenlit Star Wars for George Lucas. So 20th Century Fox made the movie and uh, so kind of an Easter egg there uh, in the movie. And I like the connection of Shane and everything and when they're the scene where Professor X and uh, X-23 are watching the movie. I thought that was fun and good Mm -hmm. and a cool touch. And uh, so that's fine. That's really almost all I got on this one. This was emotional. This was tough. This was great, gritty, grimy, uh, visceral. And it was everything I wanted it to be, to be honest. You know, uh, I want to see it again. Uh, it yeah. was that good. It's, it's, it's in my top five superhero movies ever already. Um, it's mm-hmm. not number one. Might be number, might not be number two. I really like uh, Deadpool still. And, mm-hmm. um, Logan's good though. Logan's Logan's up there. Logan's up there. Yeah. Um. So, grading this out, I'm gonna give it an A. You know, I had a lot of complaints earlier. Uh, I kind of tore it all apart as much as I could, but uh, man, super solid. There's small issues. Super, to be yeah, sure. small yeah. issues in the in the kind of grand scheme of things. I really enjoyed the movie, and uh, found myself eye rolling not very many times. My maybe the only eye roll I had, and I thought this was a good idea was when they found the old cell phone and Gabriella had like recorded herself like as proof of what was happening to the kids, you know, like recorded it on her phone and was like trying to help them escape or whatever. And mm-hmm. um, I hated how the phone died and he, and he had to go get the phone charger. Like this yeah. is 2029 guys, you know, like <laughs> surely we're past this by now. And if not, we've got problems. <laughs> And they only use it as a device. So Bluetooth he, kept disconnecting too, which was a right. And the only reason for only reason for that was so that he could go in and have that little moment where he grabs the phone charger and cigars off this thing when he walks out of the gas station. You know, yeah. uh, that just why can't he just see the clip in one sitting? Why do we have to return? And he goes back and plays the the ending of it. You know, late after he charges the phone, uh, that that was dumb too. So, but still, hey. You know, um, <laughs> A, it's fine. You know, I can get over it because uh, the good is is very good. So what's yeah. your grade, Brian? I think I'm going to go A+. Plus. This is really stinking good. Uh, we'll see how it plays on, you know, second or third viewings. But, I, you know, the physicality of the, of the character and the action is great. I thought Boyd Hol- Holbrook, who we haven't mentioned at all, I thought he was a really interesting uh foil it's not a great villain by any means but he he at least he brought something to the screen uh from an interest standpoint so i like that the sequence with we we i don't remember if we said anything about this or not but the the extended sequence when xavier's having his seizure and uh and logan's trying to get into the hotel and all that that was incredible like that's so that was a a perfectly shot sequence to me uh, from you know, ever from a kind of a visceral standpoint on on all ends. So, um, yeah, I, I would say I would not obviously put it above uh, the Dark Knight, but 
pretty much anything else is up for grabs. So I'm I'm going with the A plus. Richard, how about you? Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go way between two grades here. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go A plus right now. I I might go down to an A after another Same. watch, but yeah. uh, but uh, coming out, I was pretty. It's got such a good ending, um, and uh, it's such a level of intensity more than than a lot of other things. So I I, I loved it, but I love this world. I I it's so that's why these are so frustrating when they're bad, uh, but. That it just is what it is on the, that front, but uh, this was not. So I'm gonna go A plus. Cool. All right. Well, Logan is still out. Go see it. Please send us your thoughts on it, and I'm sure we will welcome them on social media. Okay. Let's move on, guys, and let's hit a rec- weekly recommend. Weekly recommends. I am going to recommend uh, right off the top. The Americans is back. Yes. So I missed it tonight recording with you idiots. Yeah, the first episode was today of the final season. And so It's not the final season. There's another season after this. Oh, there's one there's one more. Sorry. Yeah. The final the the, the first episode since they announced that it was ending. That's what I should say. Sure. And um so it'll pull the old uh, Mad Men and Breaking Bad and just let's just extend this thing as far as we can and so everyone knows it's the end, so they'll start giving us more awards because it's the end. <laughs> like, that's kind of the trick of the whole thing. Got to so, get so. at least one award. My gosh. <laughs> get something for it. Good gracious. Anyway, uh, get on board. Uh, get caught up. And you'll thank us. Um, yes. Best show on TV. Best show on it TV. Is. It's been for a while. Best drama show on TV. And and it um it's more relevant now than ever with the Russian spy <laughs> angle yeah. of it. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, it will uh, make you root for the Russians. It's weird, but it's super just, timely. Yeah, and start at season one, and you won't regret it. And this Gosh. will be one that uh, people come back to and say, "Man, I wish I had seen that when it was when it was uh, originally airing and all that." I just know that there's an audience for it. And uh, we we tried to do our best to keep it on the air. Luckily, we kept it on the air long enough to tell a lot of the story didn't end after two seasons or three seasons so that's good but uh not good enough get on board go watch it thank us later uh so the americans back it's an fx show and i think it's only on amazon yeah Yeah, it's on amazon prime if you want to go back catalog and then fx to the for the new apps sweet uh so that's back and the fargo series is coming back very soon i think in a couple months now next month yeah next month so can't uh, wait excited for that as well the first two seasons have been great a fargo and again that's that's one that's loosely kind of related to each other as far as the stories but each season is its own plot line so mm-hmm. not totally necessary to get caught up on fargo before seeing the new ones but go back and watch them because they're yeah. both very good both strong the first two seasons uh or first two uh storylines of the fargo television series okay well, why do you recommend brian I'm going to recommend a actually a comic book or a graphic novel, whatever you want to call it, that is fitting. No, no, uh, it's called it's called it's called Old Man Logan. So uh, it, there, big there are some slight comparisons to this to the movie. Uh, it's not the same storyline by any means, but it does kind of feature. It features an older version of Logan in a slightly future timeline, and uh, it's. I think Mark Millar is the writer. Steve McNiven is the 
illustrator. It's really Mark good. Mark Millar, book. author of Kick-Ass. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. So it takes, you know, a good graphic novel will take you an hour pretty much to, to read. Uh, and it's got really good illustrations as well. And uh, was the, for me, was a return to comic book. I haven't read a comic book in probably 15 years, maybe, maybe 20 years. I don't know. Uh, and And read this one a couple of weeks ago and really... Really enjoyed it, so check that out. Uh, Wolverine, Old Man Logan is what it's called. Richard, what about you? I'm just going to be cool and cool and cool and recommend the Mad About Movies podcast newsletter out now. Issue number 10. We've done 10 of those suckers. We've got some guest columns, uh, some op-eds. We've now run our own publication. Uh, we've got a, 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 a uh, what do you call it when people die? What do you call it? Obituary. There you go. We got an obit of Bill Paxton. We've got um, we've got some Wolverine content in there. You got weekly or we got monthly recommends from us. Some other stuff. If you're interested, this goes out to to several thousand people. So if you're interested in uh, writing for the Mad About Movies, we don't we don't pay, but like most op eds, if you've got something you want to you want to maybe write about, I uh, can't promise we'll choose it, but you're always welcome to submit it because we're trying to kind of flush that out. Uh, we will always write for it as well. I'm not I'm not delegating work, but uh, but if it's something the man fan wants to kind of make a community thing, then I'll, I'll open it up to you guys. We kind of did a test this time, and I think it went pretty well. Uh, so if you've got something timely you would like to write about, uh, we will. It's a good way to get your your writing out to a couple thousand people every month. So, uh, so I I, uh, I recommend that to all of you. Okay, I am a subscriber, and I can back it up. By the way, a couple of house cleaning notes. Um, I want to say. Thank you to the people who have donated recently. You can always do mm-hmm. that on our website, and that helps keep the show going and makes sure that the show happens every single week. Uh, we have another episode coming out tomorrow, which we will talk about the animated Beauty and the Beast in anticipation of the new Beauty and the Beast movie. Mm-hmm. So look for that. And our Back to the Future t-shirt is now available and shipping, and uh, there's only a few left. So go on the website madaboutmoviespodcast.com if you want to snag one of those t-shirts. And uh, there, there might be just one run of those. Who knows? So get one. Great gift. Great way to support the show. Support yourself. And uh, make it a nighty. You don't have to wear it out in public. That's fine. But uh, <laughs> I, I do. No, just I, rip the sleeves off. Just get the smallest one you can and just go ham on that sucker. Yeah. Just if you're somebody every, who- every day at the gym, bro. Like that's what we're designing. Exactly. that ish. Turn yeah. it into a turn it into a tankini or something. Uh, <laughs> there's a or a sandwich shirt. Uh, that's what I did with mine all day. Uh, there is um, it, there's plenty to go around. So uh, there, I think we have every size still available. So get it. And uh, again, great way to support the show. Instead of just donating, get yourself a shirt. That's a great way to to help mm-hmm. us out. All right. So. All right, where can we find you online, Brian Gill? You can find me on the Twitter at bgill12. You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. I've got a big X-Men ranking list piece, whatever you want to call it, that'll hit probably Friday of this week. So be on the lookout for that. Richard, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me everywhere. Everywhere and nowhere at the same time. That's what I always say. You can find me on all social media at Richard Barden. B-A-R-D-O-N. Kent, where can I find you? You can find me on the Twitter, Kent Garrison, kentgarrison.com. 
and all the other social media networks, pretty much. And uh, find our website, madaboutmoviespodcast.com. All our episodes are on there. Uh, contact us on there as well. Follow us on social. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Mad About Movies. Uh, leave us five stars if you like what you hear. We often shout you out. We'll feature you on the website. Throw you yeah, on we got Instagram. some more shout-outs coming soon. We got the, uh, a lot of shout-outs coming. So keep shouting us out. Look for your name to be featured on those. If you do so, stay in touch. Continue the conversation off the air. Uh, and until next week, I will see you at the cinema. Bye. Goodbye. Bye bye now. Have a lovely day. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I've got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. Just salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.